Chapter Twenty of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty, the truth from Ruth. Next morning, I was conscious of but one desire: to get to Ruth and tell her of my love and faith in her, and assure her of my protection and assistance, whatever happened. Whatever happened, the thought struck me like a knell. What could happen but her arrest and trial? but as i went out of my own door i left the house early for i couldn't face aunt lucy and winnie i suddenly decided it would be better to see stone first and learn if anything had transpired since i left him i rang the bell at vicky van's house with a terrible feeling of impending disaster that might be worse than any yet known fibsy let me in i wanted to hate that boy and yet his very evident adoration of ruth schuyler made me love him i knew all that he had discovered had been as iron entering his soul but his duty led him on and he dared not pause or falter we may as well tell him he said to stone and the detective nodded but come downstairs with us and have a cup of coffee first stone said you'll need it as you say you've had no breakfast fibsy makes first-rate coffee and i can tell you calhoun you've a hard day before you have you learned anything further i managed to stammer out as we went down to the basement room that they used as a dining-room now yes as i told you walls have tongues and the walls have given up the secret of how mrs schuyler managed her two-sided existence but he would not tell me the secret until i had been fortified with two cups of steaming mocha which fully justified his praise of fibsy's culinary prowess fibsy himself said nothing beyond a brief good morning and the lad's eyes were red and his voice shook as he spoke i knew stone said as we finished breakfast that there must be some means some secret means of communication between the two houses the schuyler house and this you see the schuyler house fronting on fifth avenue three doors from the corner runs back a hundred feet and abuts on the rear rooms of this house which runs back from the side street in a word the two houses form a right angle and the back wall of the schuyler house is directly against the side wall of the rear rooms of this house therefore i felt sure there must be an entrance from one house to the other not perceivable to an observer and of course it must be in mrs schuyler's own rooms it couldn't be in their dining-room or halls a few questions made me realize that miss van allen's boudoir was separated from mrs schuyler's bathroom by only the partition wall of the houses and i said that wall must speak to me and it did we were now on our way upstairs stone ready at last to let me into the secret he had discovered we went to vicky's boudoir and he continued you know you found the strand of gilt beads caught in this mirror frame we all assumed miss van allen had flirted it there as she dressed for her party but i reasoned that it might have caught there as she escaped to the schuyler house the night of the murder yes she did escape this way look stone touched a hidden spring and the mirror in the florentine frame slid silently aside into the wall leaving an aperture that without doubt led into the next house the frame remained stationary but the mirror slid away as a sliding door works and so smoothly that there was absolutely no sound or jar i saw what was like a small closet about two feet deep and perhaps three feet wide at the back of it that is against the walls of the adjoining room in the other house we could see the shape of a similar door and the secret was out there was no need to open that other door to know that it led to ruth schuyler's rooms there was yet more tell-tale evidence in the little cupboard between the houses was a small safe 
this stone had opened and in it was the black wig of vicky van and also a brown wig which i recognized at once as julie's well-remembered plainly parted front hair you see tibbets is julie said fibsy in such a heart-broken and despairing voice that i felt the tears rush to my own eyes vicky's wig the loops of sleek black hair the soft loose knot behind the delicate part all just as it crowned her little head ruth's head oh i couldn't stand it it was too fearful this other door stone said opens into mrs Guider's bathroom that i know you see she had to have this entrance from some room absolutely her own her bathroom was safe from interruption and when she chose she slipped through from one house to the other and back at will no i can't understand it i insisted shaking my head if she came in here as ruth Skyder, why wasn't she seen because before she was seen she had made herself into victoria van allen she had donned wig and make-up safe from interruption here in her boudoir this make-up she removed before returning to the schuyler house in her role of mrs schuyler it is too unbelievable no it is diabolically clever but quite understandable julie and tibbets are the same this confidential woman looked after her mistress's safety on both sides she remained when vicky van disappeared she looked after everything took care of details attended to tradesmen and all such matters and when ready followed mrs schuyler into the other house or went from here to her rooms a few blocks away and later came from them when there were to be parties julie left the schuyler house early came here and made preparations and then as late as ten or eleven o'clock maybe mrs schuyler came in from her home when her own household thought her abed and asleep she could go back in the early morning hours with no one the wiser or if she chose and she did when her husband was out of town she could pretend she had gone away for a visit and stay here for days at a time i began to see truly the wall's tongue had spoken if this awful theory of stones were true it could only be managed in this way i remembered how long and how often vicky van was absent from her home i remembered that sometimes she was late in arriving at her own parties although she always came down from upstairs in her party regalia how did you come to suspect tibbets i asked suddenly her teeth said fibsy i saw that tibbets had false teeth anyway and i says why can't julie's gold teeth be false too and they are they're in the safe what marvellous precautions they had taken to think of having a set of teeth for the maid julie that should appear so different from those of tibbets surely this thing was the result of long and careful planning her glasses too went on fibsy you see they made her different from tibbets in appearance that was all the disguise tibbs had the gold teeth the big round specks and the brown scratch wig you know but it was enough nobody notices a servant closely and these things altered her looks sufficient miss van allen now she had a wig and a lot of colouring matter and her giddy clothes nothing left to recognise her but her eyes and they were so darkened by the long dark lashes and brows that she fixed up that it made her eyes seem darker i got all this from the pictures the artist lady made you see she caught the colour likeness but not the actual features so i sized up the resemblance of the real women oh mr stone what are we going to do our duty terence 
then i put forth my plea that i might be allowed to go and see ruth first that i might prepare her for the disclosures they would make the discoveries they would announce but stone denied me he said they would do or say nothing that would unnecessarily hurt her feelings but they must accompany me indeed he implied that it might be as well for me not to go but i insisted on going and we three went on our terrible errand ruth received us in the library she saw at once that her secret was known and she took it calmly you know she said quietly to stone i am sorry i hoped to hide my secret and let victoria van allen forever remain a mystery but it cannot be i admit all wait ruth i cried out admit nothing until you are accused i am accused she responded with a sad smile i heard you talking in the passage between the rooms in my bathroom i could hear you distinctly there is there a mirror door also it looks like an ordinary mirror and has a wide flat nickel frame matching the other fittings yes i had the sliding doors built for the purposes which you have surmised shall i tell you my story yes and let us hear it too came from the doorway and the two sisters appeared agog with excitement and curiosity come in said ruth quietly sit down please i want you to hear it most of it you know sarah and rhoda but i will tell it briefly to mr stone for i want not leniency but justice i seated myself at ruth's side and though i said no word i knew that she understood that my heart and life were at her disposal and that whatever she might be about to tell would not shake my love and devotion it is not necessary to use words when a life crisis occurs i was an orphan ruth said brought up by a stern and puritanical old aunt in new england i had no joy or pleasures in my childhood or girlhood days i ran away from home to become an actress tibbets my old nurse who lived in the same village followed me to keep an eye on me and protect me in need i was a chorus girl for just one week when randolph schuyler discovered me and offered to marry me if i would renounce the stage and also gay life of any sort and become a dignified old-fashioned matron i willingly accepted i was only seventeen and knew nothing of the world or its ways as soon as we were married he forbade me any sort of amusement or pleasure other than those practised by his elderly sisters i submitted and lived a life of slavery to his whims and his cruelty for five years he had agreed to let me have tibbets for my maid as he deemed her a staid old woman who would not encourage me in wayward desires nor did she but she realized my thraldom my lonely unhappy life and knew that i was pining away for want of the simple innocent pleasures that my youth and light-hearted nature craved i used to beg and plead for permission to have a few young friends or to be allowed to go to a few parties or plays but mr schuyler kept me as secluded as any woman in a harem he gave me no liberty no freedom in the slightest degree i had been married about four years when i rebelled and began to think up a scheme of a dual existence i had ample time in the long lonely hours to perfect my plans and i had them arranged to the minutest detail long before i put them in operation why i practised writing with my left hand and acquired a different speaking voice for a year before i needed such subterfuges had i been able to persuade my husband to give me even a little pleasure or happiness i would willingly have given up my wild scheme but he wouldn't 
so once when he was away on a long trip i had the passage between the two houses made i had previously bought the other house under the name of van allen for i had money of my own left me by an uncle that mr schuyler knew nothing about of course this money came to me after i was married or i never should have wed randolph schuyler tibbet's cousin an expert carpenter did the work and as he afterward went to england to live i had no fear of discovery that way indeed there was little fear of discovery in any way i was expected to spend much of my time in my own rooms and my bedroom dressing-room and bath form a little suite by themselves and can be locked off from the rest of the house so when i retired to my rooms for the night i could go through into the other house and become vicky van at my pleasure i can't believe such baseness declared rhoda schuyler such ingratitude to a husband who was so good to you he wasn't good to me said ruth quietly nor was i ungrateful randolph schuyler spoiled my life he denied me everything i asked for every innocent pleasure and amusement so i found them for myself i did nothing wrong as victoria van allen i had friends and pleasures that suited my age and my love of life but there never was anything wrong or guilty in my house until you killed your husband interrupted sarah until the night of randolph schuyler's appearance at vicky van's house ruth went on i had been told of a mr summers who wanted to know me but i had no idea it was my husband masquerading under a false name he came there with mr steele of course i recognized him but he did not know me at once i sat playing bridge and wondering how i could best make my escape i saw that he didn't know me and then suddenly as i sat holding my cards and he stood beside me he noticed a tiny scar on my shoulder he made that scar himself one night when he hit me with a hot curling iron what i cried unable to repress an exclamation of horror yes i was curling my hair with the tongs and he became angry at me for some trivial reason as he often did and he snatched up the iron and hit my shoulder it made a deep burn and he was very sorry whenever he saw it afterward he said never again meaning he would never strike me again then when he noticed the scar that night although i had put on a light scarf to cover it he said never again in that peculiar intonation and i knew then that he knew victoria van allen was his own wife i ran out to the dining-room and he followed me and you stabbed him cried rhoda stabbed your husband murderous i don't deny it said ruth slowly the jury must decide that i must be tried i suppose don't ruth i cried in agony don't talk like that you shall not be tried you didn't kill schuyler if you did it was in self-defence wasn't it didn't he try to kill you yes he did he snatched the little carver from the sideboard and attacked me and i-and i don't say it ruth keep still i ordered beside myself with my whirling thoughts the little carving-knife and you defended yourself with the caterer's knife but fipsy wailed no no it wasn't mrs schuyler i've got the prints from the caterer's knife and they ain't mrs schuyler's at all she didn't kill him no she didn't and tibbets appeared in the library doorway i did it myself that's right and fipsy's eyes gleamed with satisfaction she did it's her finger-marks on the knife that stabbed old schuyler they're plain as print 
nobody thought of matching up those marks with tibbet's mitt but i'll bet she did it to save mrs schuyler's life i did and tibbets came into the room and stood facing us tell your story said stone abruptly as he looked at the white-faced woman here it is and tibbets looked fondly at ruth as the latter's piteous glance met hers i've loved and watched over mrs schuyler all her life i've protected her from her husband's brutality and helped her to bear his cruelty and unkindness when she conceived the plan of the double life i helped her all i could and i got my cousin to do the work on the houses that made it all possible then i was julie and i devoted my life and energies to keeping the secret and allowing my mistress to have some pleasure out of her life and she did tibbets looked affectionately even proudly at ruth the hours she spent in that house as victoria van allen were full of simple joys and happy occupation she had the books and pictures and furniture that she craved she had things to eat and things to wear that she wanted she went to parties and she had parties she went to the theatre and to the shops and wherever she chose without let or hindrance it did my heart good to see her enjoy herself in those innocent ways then mr schuyler came i knew the man i knew that he came because he had heard of the charm and beauty of vicky van he had no idea he would find her his own wife when he did discover it i knew he would kill her oh i knew randolph schuyler i knew nothing short of murder would satisfy the rage that possessed him at the discovery i prepared for it i got the little boning knife from the pantry and as mr schuyler lifted the carver and aimed it at ruth's breast i drove the little knife into his vile wicked murderer's heart and i'm glad i did it i glory in it i saved ruth's life and i rid the world of a scoundrel and a villain who had no right to live and breathe on god's earth now you may take me and do with me as you will i give myself up it was the truth on the carving-knife appeared plain as print the finger-marks of randolph schuyler proved a hundred times by prints photographed from his own letters toilet articles and personal belongings in his own rooms in his mad fury at the discovery of ruth masquerading as vicky van and in his sudden realization of all that it meant he clutched the first weapon he saw the little carver to end her life and gratify his madness for revenge just in time the watching tibbets had intervened stabbed schuyler and then ran upstairs to escape through the hidden doors to the other house ruth stunned at the sight of the blow driven by tibbets and dazed by her own narrow escape from a fearful death picked up the carver that dropped from schuyler's lifeless hand and ran upstairs too she had she explained afterward a hazy idea that she was picking up the knife that tibbets had used so bewildered was she at the swift turn of events and as she stooped over schuyler in her frenzy the waiter had seen her and assumed she was the murderer this too explained the blood on the flounces of her gown it had brushed the fallen figure of her husband and became stained at the touch the two women had of course slipped through the connecting mirror doors into the schuyler house and long before the alarm was brought there they were rehabilitated and ready to receive the news then ruth's quandary was a serious one innocent herself she could not tell of her double life without making the whole affair public and incriminating tibbets whom she loved almost as a mother and who had saved ruth's life by a fraction of a second 
an instant's delay and schuyler's knife would have been driven into ruth's heart so for tibbet's sake ruth perforce kept the secret of vicky van i was not ashamed of it she told us frankly there was nothing really wrong in my living two lives my husband denied me the pleasure and joy that life owed me so i found it for myself i never had a friend or committed a deed or said a word as victoria van allen that all the world mightn't hear or know of and i should have owned up to the whole scheme at once except that it would bring out the knowledge of tibbet's act i wished not to go back to the other house at all and should not have done so for myself but i had reasons connected with other people a friend whom i love had asked the privilege of having certain letters sent her in my care that is in care of miss van allen and i had to go in once or twice to rescue those and so prevent a scandal that would ensue upon their discovery for her sake i risked going back there at night also i wanted my address-book for it has in it many addresses of people who are my charity beneficiaries mr schuyler never allowed me to contribute to any charitable cause and i have enjoyed giving help to some who need and deserve it these addresses i had to have and i have them mr stone was right the walls had tongues he first noticed a little defect in the green paint in the living-room which i had retouched winnie told me of this and i realized how clever mr stone is so i threw away the paint i had used which was in here and i carefully thought out what else was incriminating and removed all i could from the other house fibsy noticed when i took a book from a table but that book i wanted because she blushed because mr calhoun had given it to me and i wasn't sure i could get it any other way but the walls told all and at the last i knew it was only a question of time when mr stone or terence would discover the doors i suppose the strand of beads that caught as i escaped that night gave a hint but they would have found them anyway they are wonderful doors in their working i mean no complicated mechanism but merely so well made and adjusted that a touch opens or closes them and absolutely silently no one in this house ever dreamed the bathroom mirror was anything but a mirror and in the other house the elaborate florentine frame precluded all idea of a secret contrivance the two feet of thickness of the house walls made a tiny cupboard where i had that small safe installed that we might put our wigs and such definitely incriminating bits of evidence in hiding also vicky's jewellery but i always changed my costumes from one character to the other in vicky van's dressing-room and so ran little or no chance of discovery in a futile endeavour to distract attention from victoria van allen i wrote a note to ruth schuyler and also wrote the one found in mr schuyler's desk i did these things in hopes that the detectives would cease to watch for the return of miss van allen but it turned out differently i assumed of course if search could be diverted from that house into other channels there would be a possibility of tibbets never being suspected i am sorry she has confessed i do not want her to be tried she saved my life and i would do anything to keep her from harm but tibbets was tried and was acquitted a just jury knowing all of the facts declared it was a case of justifiable homicide and the verdict was not guilty the schuyler sisters were finally convinced that ruth's life had been endangered by their brother's rage and though they condemned tibbets in their hearts they said little in the face of public opinion as for me 
i couldn't wait until a conventional time had elapsed before telling my darling of my love for her own sweet self and as i now realized for vicky van also i spent hours listening to the details of her double life of the narrow escapes from discovery and the frequent occasions of danger to her scheme but tibbet's watchful eyes and ruth's own cleverness had made the plan feasible for two years and it was only because ruth had found her dear heart was inclining too greatly toward me that she had begun to think it her duty to give up her double life she had recently decided to do so for she was not willing to let our mutual interest ripen into love while she was the wife of another man and so if it hadn't all happened just as it did i should never have won my darling for she was about to give up the van allen house and i never should have had occasion to meet mrs randolph schuyler it is all past history now and ruth and i are striving to forget even the memories of it we live in another city and tibbets is our faithful and beloved housekeeper and often ruth says to me i know you love me chet but sometimes i can't help feeling a little jealous of the girl you cared for that what's her name oh yes vicky van vicky van was all right i stoutly maintain i never knew a more charming sweeter prettier dearer little girl than vicky but she was awfully made up yes that's where you score an advantage the only thing about vicky i disapproved of was her paint and powder thank heaven my wife has a complexion that's all her own and i kissed the soft pale cheek of my own ruth end of chapter twenty end of vicky van by carolyn wells recorded by celine major